right, welcome to episode 73 of the Hops and Bobs podcast. I am Tom. I'm Joe. I'm and Paul today, that's yeah. right. Yes, yeah. so so Mike couldn't make it here due to some uh, some unforeseen circumstances. So to to fill in, we have our very special guest who has appeared on a, a couple episodes in the past, if you can uh, recall that far back. Uh, my good friend from school, he's a uh, uh, one of my close friends, Paul. Um, we lovingly call him Paul Canarchy around here, even though that's not really his last name. That's a callback to episode like six or something where we did like the um, the thriller episode. <laughs> so I, I I couldn't say Paul McCartney and it just came out. Paul Canarchy. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And then you yeah. thought we were talking about him. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, that's uh, Paul. It's good to see you again. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's a nice cold Sunday morning. It is, Love yes. It. Yep. And um, it's uh, by the time this episode comes out, it will be Super Bowl Sunday. So yeah. I thought um, it would be an interesting idea to do an album from one of the artists performing. And that is Mr. Kendrick Lamar with the album Section 80, his 2011 album, I believe it was. Yep. 2011 um, debut, isn't it? Uh, it's his commercial debut. He put out one before that. But okay. um, this is considered like his, his first really big um, album um and to pair with that it's a it's kind of a west coast feel because he's from uh compton and so we went with uh laguanitas an india pale ale out of petaluma california oh we all got the bottles yeah nice that's amazing i I thought (laughs) i thought everybody else got cans i saw the cans cans? i saw the cans but i'd already picked up the bottle beforehand so i was like you know i went with it gotta go bottle because it's like the short like chubby bottle it's cute it's it's like a cute little little stout thing I like yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Nice little West Coast IPA. So this is going to, it's not going to be like the hazy mm-hmm. you know, New England style. Um, yeah. Yeah. Good pairing. A little West Coast vibes today. Well, let's yeah. crack it open. You know, I got let's the little, I got a bottle opener on my keychain. That's the only one I have at the moment. A little uh, Nashville guitar Ooh. bottle opener right there. That's from Pratt and Whitney, I think. I found it somewhere. I don't know. Sold this from my kitchen. Like the like the wine bottle opener. Yeah. Oh, like you know what? Tool. I did not bring a glass, so I'm just gonna drink it out of the bottle. I think. That's right. I poured though. I sold. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Golden color. We have a, a color reference. I appreciate yes. that. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> what do you like yeah. the like the Price is Right like pre- yeah. presentation? Yeah. A brand new IPA. <laughs> All right. All right. Gentlemen. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Uh, cheers. cheers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Have you guys ever had Lagunitas? I've never. This is my first time. Ever. Really? Okay. Yeah. So um, when we were talking about it, I think mm-hmm. even Mike Mike threw in a couple notes. He was like, "Get a get a West or no?" I was like, "Get let's get a West Coast style." And he was like, "Yeah, do Lagunitas." Mm-hmm. Um, I've had their uh, little something IPA before. It's yep, like I've seen that. With, yeah, with like the the hot girl on on the label, but. Um, this is just their like flagship, just straight up IPA. It's definitely West Coast style, more um, more like floral and grainy than it is juicy, um, which Let's is what that. a West Coast is. Um, I'm gonna look up their. Yeah. Again, I should probably you know have this stuff up. Nah, nah you don't need I've it. Only done seventy of these things. You know? <laughs> um, I should know by now. It's, it's okay it's it's definitely it has that it's it's definitely a west coast style where you know it's not as citrusy as like a like a, a new england ipa but it right. still has that very very hoppiness to it um yep. i like around the, the the border of the logo it says thanks for choosing to spend the next few minutes with this special homicidally hoppy ale i don't know homicidally? That homicidally. Yeah. well homicidally sounds like you're gonna kill it um, yeah savor the moment as the raging hop character engages the imperial qualities of the malt foundation in mortal combat on the battlefield of your palate <laughs> i never would have noticed that <laughs> um it's a lot i found their little write-up on their website it says here ruthlessly delicious a well-rounded highly drinkable india pale ale 
A bit of caramel malt bar barley provides the richness that mellows out the twang of the hops, including Cascade, Centennial, Chinook, and a splash of honorary sea hop Simcoe. Best enjoyed mm -hmm. from Mustache. A mustache. Oh, so yeah, all right. Let me. I'll, I'll douse it in my mustache, and then we'll see yeah. if it gets a little bit better. <laughs> Paul is demustached today. Oh, was he? He has mustache before, but not today. Yeah. I like. I like it. I like the the shaved look. Yeah. Cleaned up. Yeah, I'm trying that out now. Um, but <laughs> no, Tom's. Uh, Tom's seen me with uh, with a couple beards. I think. Oh yeah, with the, the long hair all the way down to your, your shoulders. It's a good look. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh god. So this is six point two. Yeah. I um, ABV, um, fifty one point five IBU. Um, okay. It's bitterness, right? Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, it it, it you know piney. Um, yeah, definitely piney. Yeah, and that's kind of what west coast ipas go after it's mm -hmm. not my favorite i i always tend towards the new england style the hazy the juicy but this yeah. is good this is just a well-made beer you know mm -hmm. um, yeah it's it's good it's a little bit different for what we usually go for which i think is uh is definitely beneficial um yes. excuse me um it's not bad it's just different you know <laughs> yeah like i could definitely see myself getting used to these Mm -hmm. And um, you know, getting used to that style, but I'm, but again, it's 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 a good beer. I don't see anything wrong with it. Would I chug a whole six pack of these? Maybe not. But um, again, I, I do enjoy it. I also like how it says on the side, uh, "Life is uncertain. Don't sip." <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. It's like I don't know. Where we're getting. How do you all, like, find all this stuff? I'm just looking at the side of the bottle. Looking. Um, the little dog in the top right hand corner. Yep. Doggone good. Mm -hmm. And then it gives you pronunciation. Say Lagunitas. Lagunitas. <laughs> yeah. There it is. Right underneath the name. They squeeze <laughs> a lot there on that label. Oh yeah. Did you read? Did you read the other thing? Qualities and qualities of the malt foundation in Mortal Kombat on the battlefield of your palate. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's getting in a fight on your tongue. I, yeah. I mean, that's a that's a cool concept to think about. Um, but yeah, definitely, uh, probably one of the bigger, uh, West coast, uh, uh breweries out there. Right. I mean, I've, I've heard yeah. of others, but, um, this is for one sure. you can get at pretty much every brewery, like for the, 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 the beer we're doing next, um, next episode, I had to go to five different breweries to find or, or not mean, breweries, but liquor stores. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but this one I found at the first one. So, yeah. And then I found it at pretty much every other one. So they're definitely it's a very, very popular brand. Yeah, their 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 global spread is is well known. So, um, yeah, shout out to them. I would like to try some of their other ones. You know, I I've seen the little somethings, and they have like uh, I think just regular pale ales, not India pale ales, mm -hmm. or some kind of other variations of this that I probably should have looked up beforehand. But again, we don't do that. <laughs> yeah. We're focusing but, um, on this beer. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, definitely a good IPA. I will. Um, I mean, I, you know, I, I had to get a whole six pack of it. So I'll probably over time, definitely finish those up and not have too much of an issue. So you should have looked in the Lucy section. I just, I bought uh, two of them. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I looked in there. They didn't have it at the, like the no? Road six pack section at Total Yeah, Wine. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't, yeah. they weren't there. They were only in six packs. Uh, they had like okay. the weird ones over in the make your owns ones, that, yeah. ones that expired in like April of 2021 which might be the next beer for me <laughs> we'll see we'll, we'll get there but um yeah. um for the meantime though um the album we're going to pair with this is section 80 by kendrick lamar um i i kind of gave paul the option to do two albums if he wanted to be he just wanted to do one and then he said i could have the other one so i wanted to pick this one just with the theming i thought it would be interesting with the, the super bowl and you know there are other super bowl artists i think it's him uh snoop dog dr dre mary j blige and eminem i think is the eminem. last one i don't know yeah. why they picked eminem if they're doing like a west coast thing but um it might just be yeah i don't know how he snuck yeah. in there but might just be i think, a, I think there's five artists in total yeah i yeah so i don't know but i mean i mean i'm, I'm sure it'll be an interesting performance um 
but I want to do Kendrick because Kendrick is uh, very near and dear to me. He is one of my top three favorite artists of all time. I think he is wow. just immensely talented. He has multiple classics under his belt. And um, I wanted to go about his, his album cycle a little different for like the podcast choice because um, another one of my favorite artists, Tyler Creator, um, we kind of chose his albums in reverse. And that's just because the newest album had come out at the time and I wanted to talk about it. But um, Kendrick hasn't dropped since 2017, 2018. So it's been a little bit. So I want to just go through his, um, his back catalog in order and see like the progression of how he continues as an artist and he did put out an album before this like i said it was um uh what is it called overly dedicated but that album is it, there's a couple good songs on it but again this is like his his commercial debut so um section 80 2011 came out on top dog entertainment which is his label that he started up which now features artists like ab soul uh, SZA, who's going to be putting out a new album pretty soon, which is exciting. Um, a lot of like bigger named artists like them. And so um, I think this album is, is incredibly interesting for me. Um, you know, talks about him growing up in uh, Section 8 house, housing in like the 80s and 90s and how um, during that time, the, uh, the funding was cut by like politicians like Ronald Reagan who cut the funding in like half and how that kind of had a trickle effect into his life and how that totally affected him throughout his entire existence um touches on subjects like sex and drugs and um you know racial pro uh like like what it means to be you and so I think that's a, a really interesting concept to start with at such a young age I think he was only like 22 or something when he uh wrote this whole album so um yeah, it's not my favorite album of his, but I get, I do think it's a, a really interesting way of starting his career um, with all the cool production choices and the flows and all of his uh, really meaningful lyrics. Um, it really does mean a lot to me. So uh, I thought this would be a cool one to, to start off with. So um, yeah, you guys just have any thoughts going into this? I kind of just talked and rambled for a bit. <laughs> You're the resonant Kendrick expert, I guess. Yeah. So that yeah. drop of the knowledge. Um, yeah, I thought it was interesting starting off like first album with uh, a concept, you know, um, mm -hmm. not often, not, it's not usual for artists to do that it could be kind of risky, but I think, you, I think it paid off. This is a really good album. It's really well produced. Um, I like the, the beats in it. I like his rapping style too. I don't really know him that well. I haven't listened to a lot by him, but he's definitely one of the rappers where I, I kind of lean more towards his style. Where, you know meaningful lyrics meaningful raps and you know just great beats to back it up mm -hmm. yeah yeah, yeah I, I feel like with this um i mean i was surprised listening to it last night again that it was his um that it was his debut because i drew so many parallels between this one and the album that i got into him by which Tom showed me all mm -hmm. that. Was it his was it his third one? Was Butterfly yep. his third one? Yeah, to Pimp a Butterfly was his third album. He came out in 2015 or 2016. Um, <laughs> that's one of my favorite albums of all time. And so yeah, uh, I, that's that's a 10 for me. Yeah, he showed that to me or one or like a song from it, maybe four years ago. And I instantly like liked it. And I like had to listen to the whole thing all the way through. I had no idea what it was in high school because that's when I was in high school when it came out, but I had no idea. Mm -hmm. But that means I was in middle school when Section 80 came out. I still had no idea what that was. But knowing what Kendrick's into with the whole, um, like the whole jazz, like elements with his music, oh, he yeah. likes the jazz beat a lot. He likes sax. And you could definitely, you know, you could tell with this debut, he was still into that that mentality with the sax with this like with the lo-fi beats mm -hmm. and i think that kind of separated him from other like um like from other artists that were getting success at the time drake didn't do stuff like that or not that i remember no he was he was kind of leaning more towards a pop uh style so he was a bit different but um yeah no i i totally agree he definitely has that really cool jazz rap sound to it uh definitely a lot of like boom bap elements if that you know kind of kind of like 
he definitely draws inspiration from an older audience, like uh, maybe like a Snoop Dogg, for instance, you know, I mean, he even had him on to Pimp Butterfly in the earlier ones. But um, yeah, that was the, the album that really shone the light on me the hardest. But, you know, we'll, we'll get there in time. But um, yeah, I, I think the way he goes about, you know, I mean, even this this intro, fuck your ethnicity. Um, he goes about intro introducing some of like the characters in the story because he he's always been a uh, a concept album kind of guy, which I always appreciate. I think adding a bit more of a deeper context to an album uh, just you know pushes that to the next level instead of just having like a loose co- collection of songs. Um, so he he starts it off with him at the fire again the the guy that's talking at the fire i think is just kendrick with like a pitch down voice so i think that's just him i was wondering that it, it kind of sounded like an effect more so than an actual person but yeah um yeah. you know something else i want to point out just beforehand is that you know these are all very deep and personal stories relating to someone that we can never really truly relate to just because mm-hmm. of his upbringing and and how you know, his race and ethnicity come into everything. And, you know, I just want to put that out there at the beginning. But um, I mean, I mean, to start with the song called Fuck Your Ethnicity is a really powerful statement, you know. Um, so he uses like the two characters that we're, we're going to hear more of later in the album about uh, Keisha and Tammy um, to explore all of the, the, the things that he uh, went through in the 80s, touching on like, you know, Ronald Reagan government, uh, sexuality and drugs and I think like the way he started this um, he kind of welcomes anyone that can relate to him and understand his story um, you know regardless of like your skin color and he's trying to like get away with race being a common division which I think is a really cool um, idea to start with and you know it's I don't think it's the best track and just purely based on production and everything like that but I do think it's a great way to to, uh, to start the album for me. So, yeah, a great album opener sets the sets the tone, sets the scene for the album, which has that reoccurring theme or multiple themes. Um, and you could just tell he's just an intellectual guy. I mean, he he's very intelligent, um, which is why I I tend more towards his rapping style more than others. Um, when it comes to the genre for me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it really sets it up not very nicely. I really like how he takes that kind of um, the instrumental, experimental approach to his music, which is still not likely to happen from other rappers because they like to use the drum machine and a lot of production value. This one has some production in it, but not as definitely not as much as others of today cram a lot of you know, cram a lot of stuff into it. His, I really like the, the intro to, uh, to Absol's outro, which is a, which is like the second before the last song. And it has that little, little symbol, little beat to it. Oh yeah. Yep. I can't wait to talk about that song. Yeah. 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 That, that one's like the most jazzy for me. Um, yeah. But I mean, just going down the track list, you got hold up or hole up, excuse me. Hold um, up, Tom. Hold up, hold up. <laughs> yeah, big shit popping. Um, this one isn't really as narratively based as a lot of the other tracks, but I still think it is pretty important just in terms of the music. Um, just fantastic production. He has a great flow, um, just keeps it really captivating. This is definitely the more boom bap style of production that I've mentioned before. Um, kind of that vintage filter in the beginning almost makes it sound like it's like on, on vinyl or something. Um, like the, the horn sample that plays through the whole thing. It's very smooth, very silky and straightforward. Um, you know, braggadocious lyrics and uh, definitely a good kickback song and a very chill way to, to keep going on the album. Yeah. yeah you, you, you said the word I was thinking what, of smooth. It's such, such a smooth song. And, and then his lyrics over top, just they blend so well together. Um, this song and really the album was great. Like I, I threw it on the last few days around my house just as I was doing things. And it was a great album to have on in the background. Um, definitely just, it was good to like kind of get lost in it for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you didn't want to, there was plenty to focus on lyrically. Um, oh yeah. 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 Um, 
Yeah, we, when um, I had um, my friends Nick uh, over space and, and Asher Cashland on the episode, um, we, we did two episodes. We did two episodes, and the second one was going to be this album, but then we we switched it up last minute. Um, but I ended up listening to a lot of this album back then, and I put this song on my 2020 playlist. I, th- I think it was 2020. No, it was 2021. So I yeah, I put that on this play- on that playlist because this this song is just a a great vibe to it. You know, it is for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, ADHD oh. next. Yeah, so this was I think this was the first song that I really listened to Kendrick, um, or by Kendrick, um, because I, I vividly <laughs> remember like putting this on my phone while I'm playing like Call of Duty on the on my Xbox in like middle school, because this was like the first song that really blew up from him, um on this album i think it's the most yeah it's the most streamed on his album by a, a pretty wide margin it has 275 million where the next biggest i think only has like 90 90 million something like that oh. but yeah this was his like biggest um you know not pop but like uh chart appealing track that i think um really really uh shows his his appeal like i said he he, he can have this like uh, you know, intellectual, intellectual wokeness to, to some of his music that isn't really, you know, doesn't really reach the wider audiences. But then you have these songs that are just, you know, a really cool woozy beat that goes into all these, uh, this robust knowledge of like drug culture. And he talks about like tolerance, endorphins, neurotransmitters, and cold water extraction, which really can only be when you live in that area, you're definitely going to have a deeper knowledge of, of drugs and violence and all these other things. So um, yeah, definitely one of my, my favorite uh, all time Kendrick songs um, really, really cool sample over it. And he just sounds so like ice cold for the entire song. So yeah, for sure. It's interesting that just from like an outsider's perspective, I did a little research on this and it, I guess the only like released single was high power at the end of the album last track. I think so yeah. But, and it just goes to show you the day and age. I mean, even back then 2011, over 10 years ago, that it doesn't really matter what's a single anymore, you know, because you can easily access any track you want. You don't have to buy the album and you know, any track can go viral. Any track can, can, um, um, trend, you know, and, um, so it's it's cool that this you know kind of took off. Um, I also like how this butt up against hold up um, two completely different sounds. You know, hold up is more of your traditional instruments and has that smooth jazz feel like we talked about, and then this kind of dives right into the your traditional hip hop sound that has the you know eight oh eights in the background, has the electronic beats and the effects but they do complement each other, you know, very well. It's not like it's too far of a jump from one another. Um, they do fit well together and you can tell like, you know, each song is a piece to the overall puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this song is a good one too. I, I enjoyed it a lot. If ADHD was like his certified first hit. Um, I would say so, yeah. I mean, obviously I don't know the entire timeline of his releases um in terms of like when everything got popular but you know this this definitely went off i remember like i I only got into i only really got into rap music like around middle school uh, high school era which was probably around the time this came out so um this was the first song i knew from him it was this and then it was uh swimming pools off of uh uh good kid mad city which was i think 2013 so yeah this one this one i'm pretty sure is like his biggest hit um uh, going into it after that, we've got uh, No Makeup, Her Vice featuring Colin Monroe. I don't know who that is. I've never heard of him before, but um, I'm just going to assume that's him on the, the chorus. Um, this is where the album takes a little bit of a weirder turn for me. I mean, I understand in terms of the context of the album why this makes sense. I mean, you got to have the, the, the story to progress, uh, but just purely on like a sound production basis, it's not my favorite sounding. I think it sounds the most dated just in terms of, you know, what they were going for and the feature kind of that auto tuned vocal on the, the, the chorus. Um, but I, I do think it's a powerful song. I do think what he's going for in terms of like saying no makeup, her vice saying like 
you don't need the makeup to look sexy and then saying you don't need to get drunk to have fun at the end kind of uh highlights the reason why i think he's portraying this to like a sister or family member as to be like you know you don't have to do all these things just to to appeal to the people around you um and it, this is where he starts talking about keisha um who i believe is a prostitute that he was uh close with or was a family member with um and i think the the reliance on makeup shows like a parallel to other substances that are like constantly abused like alcohol and drugs like you don't need them to go have like this extra part of your life so um and one thing i i did like was at the end of the track where um you know where he's like uh that she she's talking and then she says like i did all this stuff because i had a black guy and then he cuts out and he says to be continued so mm -hmm. it kind of shows why she put on all that makeup was to kind of cover this abuse she was going through but um i don't know in terms of the song itself I don't think I would listen to it all the way through every time I listen, but I understand why it's there. It definitely has more of a, um, like a pop vibe to it. Like mm. this kind of sounds like a single, what you would think a single would, would sound like production wise and um, arrangement wise that, that chorus with the auto tune you were talking about kind of reminds me of that song. Um, Remember Let It Rock by uh, like Kevin Rudolph? <laughs> yep. Like that's that time period. Yes. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Not not really the whole song, but just that chorus and the mm -hmm. the melody they chose and the auto tune mm -hmm. kind of sounded like like that dated. It you know that's dated yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was 2011. So I mean that was the sound yeah. they were going for. But yeah. I mean yeah. Usually a skip if I listen to it all the way through. But I mean makes sense for the whole album. Um, then you go on to Tammy's song, Her Evils, which I think is a, a really cool track. Um, not necessarily like a, a very standout thing that I, I, I have to listen to every time. But um, I really like the, that cool synth that really laces itself through the entire track. It sounds like some kind of futuristic, glitchy, like snake that's just slithering his way through the track. Where they're just like, I don't know. <laughs> like a video game exactly yeah so um so this brings tammy into the equation um after introducing um keisha in the last track so um this one i think is it's just about like steady relationships and how um how much you you advocate for the other partner in your relationship versus you know you know how quickly that can change and how are you already out <laughs> are you out of lagunitas paul i was gonna say it looked like for a while I was the only one drinking, but Paul, <laughs> Paul was like secret drinking. Yeah. Yeah. Well I got, I got, I got to catch up, but anyway. Um, yeah. I just thought it was kind of interesting. Talks about how, um, you know, all these people that advocate for your, your partner and then they just end up, you know, cheating on you or, or leaving for you. And then it's, it's Keisha. And I think, I think it's Tam or not Keisha. I think it's Tammy and another person. And then they both eventually, the, the two girls find solace in each other after these two people break up. So, I don't know. Eh, pretty decent song. I thought it was an interesting production choice for that little synthy bit. Yeah. But, you know, you know. Yeah. Not too many thoughts on this one. That's fair. I understand. Yeah, like I said, it's not like a 10 out of 10 like some of his other um, projects are, but just a, a cool starting point in terms of his career or at least commercially um chapter six kind of starts up after this another bit of an interlude but this just goes to show like even his interludes are like suave and sexy you know this um his knowledge on production choices was still elite even this early into his career um and then you know ended with another fireside chat that continues the the opening and like the, the loose concept that that goes about this um chapter six because i think it's the sixth song um yeah. and a bit of a a lead in toward to the next song after this but um yeah i don't know pretty pretty decent nice jazzy bit agreed um does its job you know it does it, it, it's like you said that interlude it's a nice transition song and kind of introduces maybe the next act um 
you know, because the next song, Ronald Reagan era, it, it's a pretty heavy, heavy track and and yeah. a, a, a big thing or a big um, piece to the story, um, mm-hmm. like you were talking about earlier with, with Reagan's uh, decisions and, you know, the trickle down effect. Um, so I think chapter six kind of provided that nice segue um, into this part of the album. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. And Kendrick was born in the late 80s, wasn't he? I think, yeah, probably about 88, 89. Yeah. So Reagan would have been probably president when he was born. 87. Yeah, so he was. Um, I think he was. So, yeah, like, I think this song is like a good segue, like into the Ronald Reagan era. And he, because he mentions Reagan in this song in chapter six, like, Mm -hmm. like very briefly, like once. Yeah. 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 So, well, um, I like the spoke. I like the kind of the, the spoken word with an easy chorus approach that he takes in this one. Yeah, that's good. Um, you got Ronald Reagan era, obviously, after that. Um, you know, he's, he's painting like this dystopian picture of Compton while, you know, at the same time telling us that he's, you know, on the good list with all like the local gangs. So, um, Rizza is on this track from uh, Wu Tang Clan, as well as Absol, who was making his—he was kind of cementing his name in the uh, the rap scene as well. He has a he has a couple decent projects. I enjoy him. Um, obviously, he's got the, the outro on this as well, but um, he's he's on this um, as well. Um, I'm not a huge fan of this song either. Um, I think kind of his his ad lib like whoop de whoop whoop de whoop whoop parts were a little weird, um, but. Um, it's, it's kind of a non-essential track for me. It makes sense in the, the entire canon of this album. You know, you kind of have to have him talking about how much um, Ronald Reagan kind of ruined his upbringing by cutting all of these uh, social funding things in half and just, you know, changing his entire upbringing in general. Um, but in terms of the production, it, it sounded like, I don't, I don't even know how, how it sounded. Kind of like you were on like the, the court, steps going up into into the, the the some kind of political office building singing this out there which if that's your vibe political you know definitely go for building. it <laughs> I, I forget Very what descriptive. It's... yeah shut up that's like if you have subtitles on on like a tv show like john walks up to the political office building uh but i don't know it i think it paints a good picture of living in section eight householding at the time but um, and in terms of just the song in general, it's not my favorite. I kind of liked it. I don't know, like this this album's okay. like hard for me to separate each song because of the concept and how how much each song has to do with one another, and then just sonically how each song can kind of sound different from one another. So I I don't know. Um, I just I thought this one fit very well. It did kind of have like a dated kind of B.O.B. kind of. A little bit. A little bit, you know. But, yeah. Um, yeah, not bad. Yeah. I'm trying to catch up with Paul. Excuse me. <laughs> it's a marathon. That's right. That's true. Drink, you know, it's not I a sprint. Like, I drink like five ounces of sip. Five ounces of sip? Damn. <laughs> How many ounces are in this? <laughs> Well, it says life is uncertain. Don't sip. So you're not really sipping. You're, you're kind of gulping at that point. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, we got Poe Man's Dreams, his vice featuring GLC on the uh, the other half of this. Um, I thought this out. This this song was cool for me. Um, definitely that more that more, you know, smoother style. Um, but it alludes back to. I mean, obviously, Poe Man's Dreams talking. You know. A play on the southern pronunciation of the word poor but also alludes to edgar Allan poe which i didn't know before this um poe's cause of death in 1849 was inconclusive but many historians suspect that he died of symptoms related to alcohol poisoning and so in this sense he gave into his vice which led to an early demise so it's kind of a, a warning song for the listener or for who, this cautionary tale he's he's spreading out that um you know maybe don't give in to all of your vices and try to try to remain 
somewhat clean, you know? So I just, I just thought that was a really cool way of combining those two thoughts on this one track. And um, it also helps. It's, it's, it's a great track. It's pretty smooth. Um, I love the, the kind of mantra of smoke, good, eat good, live good. Yeah. He kind of repeats for the whole thing. Um, definitely a, an, an interesting track for me, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I like the subtle like record scratching in the back, kind of like it's coming out of a, uh, you know, record player. And yep. Um, I li- and I like that c- consistent. It's like a just piano part that goes through the entire song. It, mm-hmm. it allows you to get lost in the song, yet still focus on what's being said, you know, mm-hmm. that way yeah, you're definitely. not focusing on too much. You have, you know, the steady music in the background while, you know, the, the lyrics do, this, do their thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. who's glc um he is an artist that has been I, I don't know if he's done anything like bigger by himself but i know he was on uh some of kanye's early stuff i know if you know the song spaceships um off of uh the college dropout he was on that but i don't think he had huge success by himself but um yeah, he, he's, he's been bigger for his appearances on other albums. He was on College Dropout. and he, Oh, he was on Late Registration, too. I forgot about that. He was on Drive Slow. So maybe he was more of like a studio guy or something like that. But yeah, he's definitely seen more success um, on other people's work, which is kind of sad. But um, I mean, what he adds, I think, is pretty decent. It, it kind of contributes to the, the album in his own little way. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, chapter 10 after that, um, another interlude section um, that kind of leads in. Oh, something I, I should mention before this, there is um, actually another track that's not on streaming services that was supposed to be in between Poeman's Dreams and Chapter 10. It's called The Spiteful Chant, which features Schoolboy Q, another um, top dog rapper. Um, they couldn't feature it because they couldn't get the sample cleared. It was a, a, a song called Wood Kid by Iron, which is this really cool, epic horn section that is really, uh, really powerful that I actually love the, the sample originally, but um, they couldn't get it on the streaming services. But um, it's a great track, Spiteful Chant. But anyway, cool. um, chapter 10, another interlude, pretty meh for me. Um, I kind of like how the, that fast flow bit that he gets into later, but um, in terms of an interlude, he's just basically <clears throat> saying like, make sure you're taking notes and then leave it all on the table. That's kind of the entire point of it. Um, I thought it was just kind of like a, a reminder to the listener to be like, hey, you're listening to a concept album. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like a um, teacher, like halfway through class, like, are you still with me? Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. The answer is no. um but yeah it's okay you got a keisha song her pain after that featuring ash riser um this is the the part in the album where he he mentions that he's talking to his little sister um for most of the album they're instructing her through a narrative tragedy to never become a prostitute or come a victim to the streets um i like how at the end of every verse he said like uh um, it was talking about like Rosa Parks doesn't matter when you're, you're in the backseat of a car because of all these different reasons. So he's not really, well, he's talking about, you know, this, this black experience while all these people fought for him just to get into this position. It's a, it's a little, uh, a rough for him. So he's, he's, he's painting it as this, this tragedy to show, you know, the, the downsides of living in this certain, uh, area. So it's very vivid. It's, uh, it's 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 a it's a it's a tough song to listen to at some points and it, it ends up with her uh getting beaten up and dying in the streets at the end of the song so um a little a little rough in terms of uh the narrative itself but i think it's it's a very very powerful song and, and definitely needed to be on uh, on this album and so yeah again it was kind of appropriate having chapter 10 kind of lead into this another like heavy theme um Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it, it just adds to the adds to the story, adds to the flow of the album. Um, who do you know who Astrobot is? The no, feature? no. 
Oh well, okay. So it was originally called Ash Riser because I'm looking at the 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 genius lyrics. So oh, Astro okay, gotcha. Bot is someone. Oh yeah, if you click on the, the their their page, it doesn't even show up at all. So I wonder if they either changed their name or whatever. But maybe the Astro Bot was like the stage name. Maybe I don't know. Um, yeah. but you know, he's not like I don't want to say he's like demonizing prostitutes or like demoralizing them at all. But I think he's just pointing out like that there is this profession that it's very damaging to, to, to the people that are in it. And um, he's merely painting it as a bigger picture for his sister to see that women, to see that there are women behind, you know, this, this picture that they paint for themselves. So uh, definitely a, a, a powerful moment for me. So, for sure. Yeah. yeah. But I felt, I think for a lot of people, this is like the standout track because of its emotional depth in it, mm -hmm. you know, like with the, the talk that he's having with his sister and he's trying to empathize with her and trying to get her not to do what she feels like she needs to do. But yeah. that's why I think it's kind of like, like what Eminem was trying to do with Stan, kind of. Yeah, yeah, kind of paint a, a bigger picture for someone that doesn't really understand it. Yeah, um, but but and that's that's a big but. Uh, right after this track, everyone's like, "Oh man, this this is kind of sad." But like, you understand why it has to be there. You pick it up with fucking rigor mortis. Yes. Holy shit, I love this. This is probably one of my favorite songs on uh, on this album. Just a, a super fast flowing lyrical. Everything's coming at you. Um, if you watch the the Vice video, I think they put out a while ago on um you know some like the best rappers of all time they use this song specifically to show like how different rap has has progressed like if you if you look at the song like uh you know uh like the breaks in like the 80s you know breaks on the beat breaks on the bus breaks on the train breaks it'll make you dun -dun -dun. and then you you transport to this song you're like how the hell in the progression <laughs> of rap music did they get to this this point like you can definitely see he's gotten uh, you know, experience and influence from other rappers like Biggie, um, Snoop, all these 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 artists that that change up their flow over the uh, the, the the album, and uh, you know, cross the bar line and do all these triplet flows and change it up so much to the point where even if you know most of the words like I do for this track, you can't rap along to it. Like he he made a song that's almost unrappable if you don't know every single cadence from like point to point from bar to bar. And the, the way he just goes about doing that is is uh is impressive. Yeah. Oh, we gotta let the cat in. <laughs> I thought Paul was just bouncing. He's like, yeah, enough of this. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, no, Amy, just uh, talking about rigor mortis. I don't want to talk about this song. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I thought that from here on out, I thought the album finished really strong. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of lot of hard hitting, good, solid tracks at the end of this album. This is one of them. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Paul, what's your Paul? What's your cat's name? Uh, his full name is uh, Senator Jack Black Kennedy from Massachusetts, but his uh, we just call him Jack. Jack. <laughs> the uh, third. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's a certified uh, Kendrick fan. He's so, a certified hood classic. Yeah, so that's why he's here. <laughs> He, he heard rigor mortis he, just, he, yeah, he, he heard me talking he's like oh i gotta get in there i gotta make my my feature on the show he's an aspiring rapper senator jack black kennedy of massachusetts yeah. appreciate it um then you have absol's outro paul i want you oh. to talk about absol's outro hell yeah oh, i love it i love the um i just love like the feel of it i i mean i've told you how much i love the intro but i just love like um you know the saxophones are really prevalent like in this album and i um you know and i just appreciate kendrick for taking <laughs> i appreciate kendrick for taking that kind of you know that that kind of jazz approach to his work and on absol's outro you can hear it and um absol i don't know too much about him but i mean i didn't know who he was until this album <laughs> Um, but I do like it a lot. 
He's a he's a good artist. Um, he's featured on um, the the soundtrack for Black Panther a fair bit because um, uh, their whole label did a, a fair bit of that. Um, he has a good album called Do What Thou Will in 2016 that I think has some some decent tracks on it. But um, yeah, I, he's not the biggest standout artist on on the label, but um, I think he does have a lot of cool potential. I mean, obviously on this track, he he kind of ties up the themes discussed by Kendrick through the album. Like with like Keisha and Tammy, like the 80s babies of the Ronald Reagan era, living well, all these different things, and add some some input of his own too. So on the lyrical front, great. On the the musical front, even more great, I think. Just those those fluttering saxophones in the back and the 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 skittering drum beats, just a really, really cool, uh, cool uh it's not it's not even the outro either. Um right. but it just labeled as that. So um just a cool track really really cool and definitely a a a sleeper if you didn't listen all the way through for sure yeah i mean for me the the drums caught me right away you know you're you know you're used to listening to a certain kind of music throughout a whole album and then all of a sudden at the end you know this one really caught me by surprise um the drums are just recorded perfectly you can it sounds like you're right there in the lounge like listening to the guy go and and then the horns come in and then you know, it, it sounds like a straight up jazz song, but then he comes in and starts rapping and it's just the two styles like fit so well together. I, I'm, I was so impressed at how he, you know, made that work. Mm-hmm. It, it like, it makes sense. You know, you, you want to hear more of it almost like I would love for him to make like a whole album like this, you know, not, yes. not the same jazz See, drum beat. This- this is why I wanted to do this, okay? Yeah. So that then when we listen to his future albums, you're gonna get the reasoning behind his production choices and not just experience it from an outer bit. You can actually understand like the progression of where he came from. But okay, that's that's cool. cool. I'm glad I'm you like that. Now we're hitting an artist like at the beginning, and yep, you know, um, it's important you know, to me. You know? Seeing them progress. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I love this song. This is a great song. Um, definitely caught my attention the whole way through. Yeah, this track yeah. is like um, if you ever seen uh, Ratatouille. <laughs> where in the beginning scene, he eats the, the strawberry and he's got the little, you know, show. Then he eats the cheese. He's got his own little kind of thing and he eats both at the same time. And it's like, oh, like a whole firework yeah. show. You know, you <laughs> hear the jazz and then he starts rapping. And you're like, whoa, this is a, a, a cool section. So yeah, um, it just goes to show like his his own yeah. section in the rap community where he, he does yeah. his own thing and does it well. So yeah. I give him a lot of credit making a song like this, you know, in even in 2011, you know, yeah, it's over 10 years ago now, but back then, you know, what was rap? It was, <laughs> it was on the pop end. It was electronic. It was, you know, beats and, you know, I give him a lot of credit for going this route on a song like this. Yeah. Um, and I think it's Terrence Martin. I think he's the one on the, uh, on the saxophone at the end, just kind of goes crazy. So I just wanted to give him yeah. the credit there too. Um, and yeah, just a just a you know standout track for me. I really enjoyed that one. Um, and it all it all wraps up with high power at the end. This is a, another like single based song for me. It definitely has a, that that style. Um, Joe was right. It is the the first song released for this album. It kind of talks about self enlightenment through reflection and all this, these other things. Touches on racial subjects uh you know political figures conspiracy theories of today and all these other things um i kind of like how it's stylized like the high h-i-i-i and then power different i don't i don't know it's kind of like a like a uh more of a belief that he believes in because he he says high power in all of his lyrics beforehand and and later um in his in his career as well and um yeah just a just a cool motive to have through the, the whole album i kind of wanted Absol's outro to be the actual outro so i think if he had put high power somewhere else in the album structurally would have made more sense but um i agree with you yeah i still think it's a good track by itself i think it makes sense why it was a single yeah for sure it um the way Absol's outro ended just made perfect sense compared to how the album began and um so that was an interesting um kind of structure thought but i don't know yeah it's it, weird that it ends the album high power does mm-hmm. yeah i would have had the outro beat the true outro 
of the yeah. album. The one without your own the name. Yeah. That would make too much sense, though, you know? <laughs> this yeah. is the end of the album. That's a good song. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, sorry. Smack my mic. But yeah, that's that's pretty much the album. I thought it would have been interesting to um to have this be the 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 start of our our Kendrick listening career. Yeah, let's uh let's jump into some of our tracks or some of our favorite tracks. Yeah, let's do it. Um, I will start. Oh man, it's gonna be tough. I don't know what I'm gonna put as my favorite. Um, I'm gonna do Joe Sod, do a bit of a tie because you know this it's it's, it's, a, it's a good album for me. Um, I'm gonna put Rigamortis up there as one of my favorite tracks. Just a, a cool fast pace energetic fiery track that just shows all of his competitors eat shit and um adhd was the my first um uh introduction to uh to kendrick style and um what he's all about and his pop appeal in the mainstream and the way he goes about producing this woozy uh psychedelic almost inspired beat that was just a a really cool moment on the album that um you know explains why he's so big so those two are probably my favorites nice um i'm gonna go with absol's outro that's yeah i mean i i just love the fusion between the jazz and the rap i mean it works so well and on paper it shouldn't and it 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 does and you know just overall i mean he does he does that all throughout the album he pulls from different you know, different elements from different genres and makes it work. And uh, I thought that was, that's definitely my favorite song for sure. Mm-hmm. For me, the one I always go back to is No Makeup for Ooh. some reason. Okay. Yeah. I go back to No Makeup. I just like the chorus in it. It's one of the most recognizable ones for me. Um, and the other one I go back to is, you know, you already know what it is. It's Absol's outro. <laughs> I, yep. mean, I, I mean, the drums got me like in the first couple seconds. It's a good opener to what should be the final track of the album because that's what it's called. But, mm-hmm. but you know, it's whatever. Kendrick can make his own set list. <laughs> he can make his mm-hmm. own track listing in his, his own that's order. Fair enough. Um, Paul, though. What would you consider to be your your least favorite track on the album, though? Least favorite track. If you're not ready, I can I can go if you if you don't want. Yeah, you do it. All right, I'll I'll start. Um, it's tough because um these tracks like all make sense to me in terms of where they are in the album placement. But if you're looking at just like if you're just gonna cherry pick, um, certain songs, like just purely listen to them as like a single um i would probably go with cushion corinthians um you know i i do like it in terms of the entire album but um just by itself it was a bit slow a little too much not happening for me um i do like bj chicago kids part but um it just really didn't stand out too much for me all right um I think I'm going to go with uh, Keisha's song, Her Pain. Not for a lyrical content. Just, I don't know, halfway kind of at that point in the album was kind of a little too slow for me. I know Cush and Corinthians was kind of slow too, but for some reason that one, I, I like that consistent bass in the background. Um, it was kind of mesmerizing. But you know, even this song isn't that bad. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't it's it's, it's tougher tough to pick one. a least favorite, you know. Yeah, I know. I, I feel I bad it. calling one of the, like I almost want to say like chapter six and chapter ten, are you know? Sure. But I know it's a concept album, so you know they're kind of needed. So I don't know. I don't know. I <laughs> I guess I'll stick with Keisha's song. Yeah, I think for me the one that I think about the least is uh, I think the very first one. Fuck your ethnicity. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if it's a least favorite, but because I think about it the last like the least that might be my least favorite one. I don't know. Right. That's fair. Um, so now we we get into our, our sleeper picks, uh, or like a sleepy dark horse, if you if you will, Paul. Um, 
you know what your your sleeper is something that if you don't haven't listened to the album all the way through you might miss or like a, a track that uh goes along those guidelines oh man's dreams yeah that's right thing yeah that's a solid pick paul yeah. um yeah i mean if you couldn't tell i'm a fan of the album so it's tough to pick one um i'll name a couple i really like hole up on um, the second track was just a really really cool one i d- i really did like fuck your ethnicity i thought that was a cool way to start it kind of just putting all these reservations we have to the side and kind of coming together as one to understand these 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 terrible problems that he's uh he's grown up with um i thought tammy's song was kind of interesting um the that cool synth bit and uh you know like you said absol's outro is just fantastic um not really as well known as some of the other ones it only has 11 million streams i think it's probably the least streamed song even the interludes have more streams so if you haven't gotten to that point in the album um you probably would have missed this one and um and i i will give a little credence to high power um i think it's a great track it does have a bit more single power to it as well but um i think it does have its own merits and probably would have done better in a, in a different spot but i still enjoyed it yeah um i mean Absol's outro is like the perfect choice for um, a a sleeper. But since that is my favorite track, you know, I don't want to double up. So I'm going to go with the the next song that kind of sounds like that. And that's Hold Up, Um, even though it's the second track on the album. And if you are listening to the album, you're going to hit it. It's the second track. Really, it's almost like the first track. If if, you you know, you kind of go through fuck your ethnicity, it's kind of like it like an intro kind of piece. Um, But I really like this song. It's a great song. And it, again, mixes the hip hop with the jazz um, very nicely. Um, And I think Paul Man's Dreams was a great pick too. Um, You say Paul Man's Dreams? Yeah, because Paul (laughs) picked it. (laughs) Poe Man's Dreams. Um, Because of the Edgar Allan Poe and then the Southern pronunciation of port, like that whole. Yeah, that's cool double entendre thing i thought was kind of cool so i guess those would be my two all right so we want to we want to drop a hot rating on that let's rate it i guess i will i will start because i i chose it yes um so i i kept going back through the track list as i was doing this review and i was like you know i i i recognize it's not my favorite kendrick release but I keep going back through and I'm like, oh, that song was pretty good. Hey, you know, that song was pretty good. You know what? This, this song was pretty good. So like originally I, I rated it a little bit lower, but I think I'm going to, I'm going to put it around like between an eight and an eight and a half. I okay. think that's a good spot to put it at because, um, you know, for a debut, just a fantastic, fantastic release. I mean, obviously you did put it out now before this, but for a commercial debut, I should say, um, just, just a, a way to make a statement into the, the hip hop realm, into the, the jazz and R&B and, uh, all of these different kinds of uh, genres that he he mashes up together. Um, some great feature work, some great production choices, really fantastic lyricism. And while the concept is a bit looser than some of his other ones, I think it still ties in really, really greatly and uh, really sets the picture for what he had to go through growing up and all these different struggles that happen to so many people still today. And um, it's just a, a great album. And um, I thought it would be great to start off with to, to go through his pr- progression. So um, I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a six and a half, um, you know, just cause I, I, I'm not as familiar with it, but I think it's a really well-made album, especially for a debut it mixes a lot of genres together. And he took a lot of risks on here with the, the concept and the jazz elements. Um, you know, I am looking forward to some other, uh, Kendrick album mm. in the future. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, it's not my go-to genre, but um, I did like it a lot. I think this is like one of my favorite rap albums we've done on the podcast for sure. And um, I, I do like what Kendrick Lamar does. So six and a half for Joe. Cool. I would do a seven and a half for this one because the fact that it is a, um, it is a debut. And I, and I like that. I mean, I wish I found out about this album sooner because, you know, like Butterfly was my favorite for a while. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I didn't really, I wasn't curious enough to see what his earlier stuff was like. But um, I do like, you know, like the mixture of, like a mixture of the genres and the different instruments and the saxophones, they just got me. So the saxophones, I, I love Kendrick for doing that. I don't know any other rappers today and even you know from 10 years ago that, that that do that so yeah like i would go to an eight but um i don't know there are some forgettable ones on this and uh as long as there are I, it won't be a 10 you know but it would be mm -hmm. um, so yeah 7.5 for me that's where i was originally so yeah i uh, i understand that as well so yeah cool um, but uh, what do we think about the Laguanitas IPA? If you didn't notice while Joe was talking, I did finish it. So there's nothing left in here. Um, <laughs> as I was sipping it, I, I enjoyed it more as it was going on. I, I think it took a little bit of getting used to just because we've done so many, you know, New England styles, all these uh, fruity, all these different kind of citrusy drinks. But this one's a bit more piney. You've got uh, more of like this hoppiness to it that you didn't really expect beforehand. But um, as I get going, I thought it was, I thought it was definitely better as I drank it. Um, I think I'm going to give it a six and a half, um, because it's not really above and beyond what I consider. I do enjoy more of the, the citrusy beers. Um, but I think it had more merits as, as I, as I went going. So, um, yeah, six and a half, I'm going to be happy to finish the rest of them. Nice. Um, I'm actually giving it a seven and a half. Ooh. Um, yeah, this is, uh, as I said earlier, it's not my favorite style of beer, but as I drank the whole thing, it was still tasty. And usually this kind of beer, the, the hoppy and the piney taste tends to leave like a bad taste in my mouth, but this was extremely easy to drink. Um, I can see me grabbing, you know, a six pack of these and this having be my drink, you know, at a party or something, you know, this is what I'm going to bring instead of, you know, a, a mix or something like that. Um, yeah, definitely highly, highly recommend it. It's very well made, um, good brand too. And, um, a good compliment to the whole, uh, West coast theme of the episode. So seven and a half for Lagunitas IPA. Yeah. I give it an eight. Um, Ooh, cause, nice. um, yeah, no, it just like, you know, like it definitely carries that West coast vibe in it with every bottle. And it, I love the artwork of the, um, I mean, it's kind of simple, isn't it? But it has the, the little, the, the nonsensical sentences across, you know, like, the, yeah, savor the moment as the raging hop character engages the Imperial, like what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, I like it. I can tell, like, the, I can tell the people that make this have a sense of humor. Yeah, and, fun doing what they do. Yeah. <laughs> And alcohol by volume, yeah, 6.2%, not bad. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I would give it like an eight. Well, maybe I might change it to an 8.5. Let's just do that because I, oh. I was actually more satisfied. I was more satisfied wow. with this than I think I was. So. <laughs> nice. All right, cool. Not the buzzer. Yeah, you mm -hmm. swished it in there. Nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Thank you guys for listening. Um, shout him out, Kendrick Lamar. He's just Kendrick Lamar on, I think, all streaming services and all kind of Instagrams and everything. Um, Instagrams. All, all of the Instagrams and the Facebooks. Okay, And boomer. the Googles. <laughs> okay, Boomer. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and then um, we have Lagunitas Beer on Instagram. And um, check them out. Again, they're out of... Uh, Petaluma, California. Yes. Um, and also Chicago, I believe. Oh, okay. I think they have their separate brewery there too. So that's cool. Nice. Yeah, go check them out. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, thank you for listening. It's the Super Bowl, by the way. And when we're releasing this, who you guys got in the game? I'm gonna be rooting hard for the Bengals. Um, but I'm I'm just glad Tom Brady's not in it. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm happy about. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy the game and uh it, it's cool that like usually we do these things way ahead of it, uh, way ahead of time. Like, no, like we actually know who's going to be in the game. Exactly. Yeah, we're only doing it a week in advance. So yeah, it sounds like we're pretty <laughs> caught on. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um. I. I'm. I think it's just going to be a good game. I, two fresh teams, and mm -hmm. um. You know, how could you not root for Matt Stafford a little bit all those years on the Lions, and then 
Joe fucking Burrow. I mean, he's my guy. Like, mm-hmm. I just love what they have going on, the Bengals. So should be a good game. I'm going to be entertained. And then the halftime show, too, should be really good. It's true. So, yeah, episode right. 74 now. Is that it? Are we, yep. are we that deep? There we go. We do um, the same thing every episode. We're always like, episode 35? Episode 74? It'll, it'll like, be 74. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this will be Paul's choice of album. We, we, we talked about this before he came on the show, um, what he wanted to do. And we decided to do Flexible Strategies, the uh, B-Sides album, I believe, from the police that came onto streaming services in 2018 but was originally released with a CD box set of everything that came out. So that should be, should be fun. And yeah. um, to pair that, we're doing flying Jenny's by gray sale. Uh, they're out of Rhode Island, another Rhode Island classic. There you go. You can see Paul holding it, it in his hands right there. Um, it took me five uh, liquor stores to go get to, <laughs> to find this. I just want to point that out again. Uh, <laughs> the greater Hartford area does not really care about them, but um, I do. So it should be a very fun episode, Paul. I'm very excited to, to have you on the show again. And thank you for being on for this episode. It was, it was a lot of fun. Got it. All Let's right. See you next episode, Paul. That's all right. Stick around. Don't go far. All <laughs> right. So hops and bops podcast, check us out on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. We're streaming on Spotify, Apple podcast, Check out our YouTube channel with all the video content. And I, we're on a every day. I get a new email about a new like streaming platform. <laughs> well, I think we're on about 10 right now. Okay. So I guess wherever you get your podcasts, um, you know, check us out. That's awesome. So um, for Tom and our special guest, Paul, I've been Joe. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Peace. Weird. I did it. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs>